Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents number 47, PD Steel. And co-host Elena Torres. I think we're on 48. Is this 48 this now? This is 48 now. Shit, I done lost count. It's so good. I know. That's how many episodes we have for you. And today we have an awesome guest. Please welcome the very funny, very beautiful Rachel Feinstein. Thank you for having me. It's time to get puss nasty up on the podcast. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Puss nasty. That's right. It's mm. great. You know, we're already um, having Elena, you know, upstage herself by calling you beautiful. She'll never do that for any other, like, female. It's only people I like. Wonder. Yeah. Only people I like. And, <laughs> and, and when I mean it. And, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. speaking truth. Well, Elena is a great beauty as well. And I'm very thankful to be a part of this. It is officially time to get Puss Nasty on the podcast. Let's get That's Puss right. Nasty Let's get on Puss the podcast. Nasty. We're four fucking shows in. We got one more left. That's right. For everybody who didn't come see us this weekend. You're uh, lost. You could have got Puss Nasty two for the price of one. three of us have been doing shows this whole, this whole weekend here at Arlington Draft House. Rachel's been headlining. Petey's been featuring. I've been hosting. And I would say we've had a very successful time. Yeah, absolutely. We've been killing all yeah. the way through. Petey's yeah. been getting swimming in ass. That's actually true. Yeah, I've got yeah. a lot of uh, groupies out there reporting for duty. That's right. Yeah. They're on your dick. Everybody's All through the weekend. That? It's amazing. Yeah, my dick is planet Earth. Everyone's on it. <laughs> it's very exciting. Wow. I haven't, heard that, I haven't heard that planet Earth one before. That's Never heard that's that? special. I no. can't take credit. That's Drez of the Black Sheep. Oh, okay. I was uh, gonna say that's, that's pretty. That, I was pretty amazing. You came up with that in the moment. Yeah, I have a but. weird memory like that. It's kind of eidetic for quotes and shit, movies. Songs. Petey and my brother grew up together, and uh, so this is very emotional. Um, I like to play some soft piano music now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's, let's get and that. My in brother the Aaron are very close, and they love each other very much. So it's a very exciting week and a homecoming, if you will. Oh. Yeah, what's it like? You grew really? up here. What's it been like to perform back at, in, at your hometown? It's nice being home because people come out and support, but it's also weird because if your parents come, that's always strange. And, you know, I had the show where I made eye contact with my dad accidentally as I was saying the term mediocre hand job. And that was like one of the worst <laughs> moments of my life. <laughs> My parents are very enthusiastic and supportive, but that almost makes it more humiliating. Like, they, they're just, they're real jazzed up whenever I'm in the middle of a sex story. They're like, rock on! Take sexual risks! I'm like, Ew. So it's just hard. It's weird to play in front of your family, and then, but, I, you know, I would never tell them not to come, and then I feel guilty because they're very supportive, but just, it's intense. I think if I was a father and my daughter was on stage talking about a hand job. I would actually be pretty proud, like, because that's such kind of, like, not real contact or anything. Like, a lady can Yeah, you're right. A that. handy is pretty light. It's light yeah. stuff. Like, I was looking at somebody on Instagram the other day, and I looked at a lady, and I was like, I bet she gives great hand jobs because she's just not sexually experienced enough in, like, the real stuff. You right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think a proud father would be like, stick to the hand. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> take on. And, and, he, and he can just think about how much distance there can be between right. two people when you do a hand job. Right. Be like, you don't even really have to be touching other than hand on dick. All hand jobs are, you know, I'll tell you, masturbation is the worst form of hand job except for all the others. <laughs> yeah. Winston Churchill. It takes a second, but I think, yeah, I see. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm just taking all this. I'm learning right now. Yeah. I'm just a passive learner. Hand jobs, yeah. uh, you know, it's like Paul Barman said, a hand job's a man's job, a blow job, the old job. No, I'm kidding. That's terrible. I'm, I'm weeping now. Yeah. That's why I haven't said I very much in the last I year. I just yeah, got, brought a lot of stuff up Ratchet for me. drowning in, in Rachel's tears. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can, mm-hmm. can hear it. Uh, that's why there's been moments of silence. We're just coming up for air. Uh, <laughs> 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 so how, how long we talk a lot about people's journey in, in comedy on here so how long have you been doing stand up now I don't know how long I haven't really counted the years but for a long long time and uh, I love it yeah it's fun I mean it's like I have no other skills I wouldn't be doing anything else yeah, yeah there was never a point where I was on another career path. It was always just wild failing and then stand up. Yeah. So you were at college, you said you took a class and then you just said, fuck uh, college, I'm just going to go. Yeah, I mean, college. I moved to New York with this guy in his band called Dick Sister. And, uh, <laughs> Dick Sister. And my mom had no questions. Like, she just never noticed any red flags. She was just out in the front lawn, just like, sounds fantastic, Dick Sister. Yeah. You know? What so kind I, of music did Dick Sister play? Like, uh, hardcore. They were like, like you know, DC hardcore. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, I pretended like I liked it. You know, I was always yeah. thrashing around at the <laughs> yeah. Dick Sister show, just moving my dumb head in the air. But really, I just wanted to get Dick Sister back alone. You know, that's yeah. all. I was just waiting for that final moment when he touched me, and like that was so exciting. Just to know when he was done with his show, just looking into my eyes. About to turn into yeah. Dick Brother. Yeah, but I was Fuck always yeah. out, just in the middle of the mosh, just ready to support Dick Sister. So I moved with him. We went to on the road together a little. Like he brought me on the road with the band, but the guys didn't really want me there. I was just like, you know, the Yoko Ono to Dick's sister. <laughs> so <laughs> they brought me on a tour, which consisted of just like a few dive bars. And I still remember being in the bathroom and hearing the guys talk shit about me. Like, dude, don't fucking bring your girl. It's not fucking fun. It's not cool. She's a fucking cock block. It's we're messing with our getting sound. laid after the shows, bro. And they were all pissed. And I just remember, like, weeping in this bathroom. Like, no, I want Dick Sister to love me. Yeah. But I tried too hard, you know, with them. I, I wanted it too bad. I wanted to be in. And they wanted me out of the way. And so he kind of, I moved to New York with him. And then he dumped me pretty quickly after the move. I didn't expect the dumping either. I was just, like, eating a bagel in the kitchen. You know, I was, like, middle, middle of a bagel. That's how it always and, happens. Uh, yeah. It was really... And you guys were living together when he dumped yeah. you? Yeah. And then wow. I, and then he dumped me and then um I met this uh, Bengali woman on the Greyhound. I was weeping about Dick's sister and I was coming back to Bethesda where I grew up and uh, she shared her bagel with me and I still remember she was like, Never weep over a man. She was like, It's not worth it. Who cares? You could be a garbage person. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Never take tears for a man. I like how she said take tears too. She's like, never take tears for a man. And she invited me to live with her and her Bengali family. And she was like, you can move in with me. She said, we'll have a good life. We will take uh, marmalade in the mornings. We'll take toast and marmalade. And that seemed just so pleasing. I'm like, I just want to take toast and marmalade in the mornings, yeah, you know? Padding yeah, Paddington Bear or something. Yeah, shit. she was yeah. like, come live with me. We'll take toast. We'll take marmalade. We'll take yoga every morning. We'll have a nice, relaxing life. And she had a room at her place in Queens. So I moved in with her and her Bengali family. And then Dick's sister kind of undumped me. And so he agreed oh. to take me back again. 
But then he re-dumped me. I think he might have dumped me thrice. There was three dumpings. You the final dump took. And you left huh? the marmalade in the morning for Dick's sister? No, I never moved back in with Dick's sister. Okay. I just came to, like, I would just, like, stay with him in Staten Island a lot. It was real sad. Yeah. <laughs> and then he would kind of consider what he thought about me, whether he's ready to settle with me or not. And then he would dump again and then undump. It was he's really... Like, don't bring your bag on the ferry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so sad you just take that stupid ship just to hook up with this asshole. Uh, talking about getting, like, literally just getting on a ship. Yeah. It was yeah. so yeah. stupid. <laughs> but at that point, I had a Bengali family, and I, a lot of my life was just going to, like, events with them, and mm-hmm. I would wear a sari and, like, go to their weddings and things. Oh, nice. And so, yeah. Did they, and they didn't consider that, like, cultural appropriation or anything? No, we wouldn't use those words, yeah, at that point. Could you pass for Bengali? I wasn't really trying to pass for Bengali, but... Oh, no, you were trying. Um, like, you I don't maybe... think I could pass for... I think I'm, like, more, like, swarthy Mediterranean, but not necessarily Bengali. But they would... If you went to a Bengali wedding, they thought it was really fun to dress me up in a sari. Um, but I don't think I was... Uh, I think everybody knew I was a Jew. At the end of the day, I was just a Jew right. in a sari. <laughs> Who was I kidding? But... Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Do you still talk to them? Yeah, on Facebook. She's mm-hmm. She moved to um, India now but she um the mother she was like a singing sensation in bangladesh when she was a kid and she had a hit single and sometimes i'd meet people like i remember having a cab driver who's from bangladesh and i was like oh do you know alia sharafi i live with her and he's like of course i know alia sharafi and he had like her cd in the car you know like dude she opened for dick (laughs) (laughs) she was like yeah she was a like a bengali hit sensation and then she eventually moved to the States, and she was kind of in an unhappy arranged marriage. And she was always complaining about her husband. She's like, yeah, he's got a bitch man. And she's like, he's always, um, she was like, he takes cigarette in the toilet. <laughs> he does this. <laughs> and he did. He would take cigarette in the toilet. He would go to the bathroom, close the door, and smoke and sit in the toilet. She's like, it's disgusting. He's got a man I married. Take cigarette in the toilet. She's like, I wanted real love, Rachel. I want love. And I'm with a man that takes cigarette in the toilet. <laughs> imagine yeah and then she would smoke out the window she smoked but out the window but she told me never to tell somebody that she smoked she said shouldn't have said her name but she said um in my country you're considered like a terrible whore if you take cigarettes and also don't tell my family please she's like it's, a, it's different for what, a man you take it in the toilet or just take it period no i think if him, i think she was disgusted with her husband because he was taking cigarette on the toilet right and um so that was just a general disgust if you're going to take a cigarette why take it on the toilet right but men were not judged harshly for smoking but women were judged she was telling me for smoking and so she would smoke out my window and tell me about her you know not to give up on your dreams and all this and then um she would leave the room and tell me how she dreamed of love and one day she's gonna move to india and sing there with some buddies of hers and then uh, her daughter would come in the room, and she would smoke out the window, and she'd be like, never tell my mom that I smoke cigarettes. In my country, you're like, just considered like a disgusting whore if you smoke. And I'm like, I would never tell. But they both told me to say that wow. about the other one. Like, she'd be like, don't tell my daughter, please. In my country, it's very nasty. No flappers <laughs> in India, huh? No flappers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They ne- and they never caught each other? You kept the secret forever? I kept the secret, yeah. yeah. And um, Good. we would kind of end the nights like that, and... um. My, she was always really disgusted with my room. She would walk in. I remember at that point I was even like more of a mess than I am now. She could barely walk in my room, just like 
clothes everywhere. And she'd be like, Rachel. Remember, she used to always say, how do you not dream of snakes and serpents with a room like this? <laughs> 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 I think that was just a logical next step. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. I've never had any serpent-based dreams. Yeah, you know? you're like, you're like oh. I don't, but I will now. Yeah, <laughs> Abby brought up snakes yeah. and serpents. But she would like, you have to take your clothes and put the parcels in your drawers. Otherwise, you will have snake and serpent-based dreams. Like, fair enough. So she didn't say, like, in real life or something. Because I could see how that might be a concern in India or something, you know? seem to remember snakes in a lot of, like, Tintin books that just pop up out of nowhere. No, I don't think she thought that snakes were going to come into our apartment in Woodhaven. Just dreams? Just maybe, I think, serpent-like dreams. I think she was saying if your oh, yeah, things are in order... queens, never mind. Yeah, I think she was saying, like, if your things are in order, you'll have, like, a peaceful sleep. But, um... But if your things are a real, like, you know, shit house the way my yeah. things were, then you're going to have a lot of serpent dreams. It'll just be a night of thrashing <laughs> around to serpent nightmares. That's amazing. They were such a nice family to me. I feel bad because I would lose my keys, like, every day. And I was always just, like, every single fucking day I would lose my keys or leave something. And, and they were very patient with me. And we would always take breakfast and take marmalade. And, yeah, mm. they kept me in New York, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Good. I mean, the things that can happen on a greyhound, really. I, I know. My, so much of my life was being on a greyhound. I would write in my journal these long things about my life and my dreams. And I, I look back at these journals now, like I, I cracked them all open. Like, who was I? And I'm like, I was such an idiot. Like, I really <laughs> thought I was going to find like such gems. And I'm just like, I was just, all I was saying was like, I'm so sad. I'm so, so sad. I'm so depressed. Like, there's nothing clever or special. It's so funny when you, how, how important you think your thoughts are at that yeah. age. Yeah, yeah. I really thought I was weaving some sort of genius. Well, I remember when I first started comedy, I would write down jokes and then guys that were way older and better to say, hey, change this and do that, and I'd be like, that's so fucking offensive. Like, this is my art. But then yeah. I'd try it and get a laugh and be like, oh yeah, that was pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, you're Just so right. Just take the fucking tutelage, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? Yeah, sometimes I'll look back, like, I, there, there have been points in my life where I've journaled, and I'll look back and I'll be like, wow, I was really into that tool of a guy. Yeah. Like, just a lot of writing about the same, like, tool dude that Dick's just did sister. not give a fuck that I existed. Like, yeah. my own version of Dick's sister, who just yeah. didn't care that I, that, that I, that I was breathing air. It was just kind of... Did he play strings or horn? <laughs> Probably, like, drums or something. <laughs> <Drums. you know? laughs> yeah. Whoever was at the back. That's so guy. true. Yeah, it was guy after guy in all my girl. Just some guy that was being a wild asshole to yeah, me. Yeah. I remember there was one guy that would just tell me to call back in a half an hour. Stop. Every time I called him, he'd be like, call back in a half an hour. i just wait, watch the dumb clock. Like, okay, 28, 29, 30, let me call back again. I'll be cool. I'll, I'll be cool. I'll wait 32 minutes. I'll, I'll, I'll wait 32 minutes. It was so embarrassing. Beat I'd call back on game. the dot. Yeah. yeah. And then he would tell me to call him back again in another half an hour. I'd be like, all right, all right. Yeah. It, was, it was a dark time. It takes it takes many a douche for one to realize how that certain guys are douches. You're like, I'm gonna change him for so long, and then finally you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and also just that they don't like you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was always asking everyone else in school, and I'm like, if I could talk to this guy, I'll find out, you know, yeah. his perspective. It's like, <laughs> if he's not calling you and he doesn't want to see you, you it might be shit. that he just. He doesn't let. I had teams of writers dissecting everything that was happening with him. Yeah. Yeah, Patrice said it best. Just take your ball and go home. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. So did you start doing stand up when you were living with the, with the Bengali family, or 
Was it after a that? Little, Where in your New York? I guess did it was a little start? after the Bengalis. Um, yeah, I rented a room on the Upper East Side, and I met a comedian in this bar, and um, he put me on this comedy show. Yeah, it was like an open mic at a bar, and uh, I wildly bombed. Hmm? But I thought I killed. I yeah. felt like I was. That, real, that's yeah. that's a new comic typical thing that happens you're like oh i i'm so good at this one person laughed uh, i have a future yeah 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 well i'm glad that i'm feeling like i'm doing fine this weekend but who knows maybe like 10 years i'll be like you're, you're a piece of shit ladies no i mean you're not <laughs> i really stuck it out i had i had like um four jack and cokes and at that time i rarely ever drank but i was just so terrified that i drank like more than i'd ever drank in my life like wow. the strongest drinks i'd ever had so i was Oh, wow. Pretty drunk and, um, yeah, aggressively bombing. And I also didn't even have the microphone pointed at my mouth. I had it kind of, like, diagonally and, like, in front of my face because I just didn't know how to position it properly. So no one could really hear me, and I was just aimlessly right. rambling. And, and it was a real problem. Everybody was trying to wave me off stage, and they needed me off, and I was going over. Yeah, it was, a, it was an active, active disaster. That's awesome. <laughs> active disaster. I had that problem when... My first like six months of comedy, I had the mic like way down here. Yeah, so I'd be like they need to see my face. It's like more important that they hear you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You yeah. hold like a motivational speaker. Yeah, yeah. I was like down here half the time, you, and like, I'd be put like it down and then by I'd, your like, waist. Yeah, to, like, make and I'd be a like talking. Just stare at people like that. Yeah. And so, what else you got coming up soon, Rachel? I saw something about historical roasts. Oh yes, yes. It's that uh awesome. it's the Netflix roasts. And um, when does this come out? This comes out on Monday. Monday. Oh cool. So yeah, so it's a Netflix historical roast where we roast a different figure in history and each episode is based on another and different historical figure. And I play one of them but they're I'm not allowed to say who say I'm playing. Who play yeah, it. right. But Can it was I wager really fun. a guess? Sure. Cleopatra? No, but that's a very good guess. That is a great guess. Right? That's a very good guess. I um, want to fucking play Pete Rose on one of these things. Oh, yeah. that You would be great. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. I that's such a fun one. It works perfect. I had the best time. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you guys, I'm just not allowed to put it on the podcast. I mean, right, right, right. right, right. Um, if I was, I'd really, I really do want to run my mouth about it right now, but um, I've been told. so. But it was really fun. It was fun to do. So, uh, so yeah, I'm working on that and, and, um, this, uh, pilot about my, my life now, uh, you know, kind of being married to fireman, my, and kind of my family versus his, my wildly liberal family mm -hmm. and kind of tr getting into this like new role of, or not getting into it, of, um, being an FDNY fire wife. That's not a term. They've asked me to s stop saying that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so um, yeah, so I'm doing that and just going on the road and, you know, same nonsense. I'm trying to write new stuff. I did a lot of new stuff in the show and then I forgot to tape, so that's what's currently bothering me right now. I was trying to figure out my phone as I was getting on, but oh, I was just like, shit. yeah, what are you gonna do? I hate those moments where you oh, think you're gonna going have to, to working on all this new stuff and it's just like, yeah. Well, the next show will be different. And speaking of next shows, here at the Arlington Draft House next week. 
We have Michelle Buteau from Two Dope Queens, Netflix. I and love Comedy Michelle. Central. She's hilarious. She's I a just, good friend of mine. Oh, she is. She, I just yeah. saw her in that movie on Netflix, uh, Someone Great. She has one scene in it, but she totally steals the I scene. know. She's I saw so, that scene. She was incredible. She's so funny in it. She's here from May. She's here on Thursday, May 2nd, Friday the 3rd, and Saturday the 4th, uh, 7.30, and nine, uh, come check that out. And do you know we have DC going on DC? Draft House, yes. Friday, May the 3rd, which is my birthday, the 38th Woo. birthday. We have Anthony DeVito from Comedy Central. He's another House good friend Party. of mine. Both these people are at my wedding. Oh, wow. Wow. Serious Anthony is success. a lovely person and a very close friend. Oh, good. Keep listening to his credits. Yeah. Um, the Adam Devine's House Party, Sirius XM Radio. Uh, so, yeah. Seven and nine o'clock Anthony on the hilarious. third, and then same on the fourth. And if you want chances to win tickets at either pairs of tickets, follow us on Countercurrents on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and you get a chance to win the raffle. And then yeah, you can do it for the following. Chances week are even lose, higher if you comment you and tell us how us, great like we are. Again. Yeah. What are you gonna do for your birthday? I don't know yet. You know, I, I really don't have a big plan. Well, somebody like surprises me. <laughs> but we'll see um i don't know honestly every birthday and this has been true for the last like 15 years or so i've just taken it like i look at did i accomplish shit i wanted to do in the previous year and if i did right. then i feel like it's a great birthday mm-hmm. that's cool but i don't go rage anymore i haven't done that in a long time so mm-hmm. it's kind of like ah, what are we gonna do yeah yeah get you a cake or something we'll, we'll do something yeah. fun yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i can't rage anymore either right just a lot of gentle napping and watching something pleasing on oh, television sure. and, yeah you know i'll treat myself to like a netflix cereal killer binge some greek yeah. yogurt and a cereal yeah. killer binge oh. what else what else do you need nothing i can't get enough murder that's all i want oh, I, murder, do murder, murder, murder. I just watched the killing time. for the first time i love yeah, the killing it's, it's amazing so it's one of my favorite great. shows i've ever watched i love joel kinnaman yeah. so i look fantastic. at an unstable amount of photos of him online <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good show. And I also recommend the Ted Bundy tapes. Oh, that's so good. Excellent. Awesome. I was I've talking about it twice. on stage. I can't go to sleep unless I've seen like uh, a lot of murder. I need like a few forensic files on a wives with knives and some sort of serial <laughs> yeah. killer thing, and then I'm out like a light. I just need back to back slayings. Yeah. I don't know what that says about me, but me neither. Uh, yeah, me. Well, I I've, also, I've stopped fighting it. I can't. Yeah, I can't get enough. I'm doing How to Get Away <laughs> with Murder right now. Just constant. Just the cheesier, the better. Yeah. The Ted Bundy thing was fascinating. Oh, yeah. so good. What I thought was so interesting was that when he was in the court, when he would walk out of court and they would ask him questions, he would kind of bat his eyelashes and act very coy, almost like he saw himself as like a Hollywood actress, like with a barrage of media around him. I'm totally. Like, even yeah. if he was innocent, which obviously he wasn't, that wouldn't be the right vibe. Like he yeah, was always kind yeah. of acting like he was being rushed by the media about like his latest like starlet performance. Sure. And I'm like, you're talking about murder, but he would just be like, oh guys, I can't say that much right now. Like he was so sick. He was, I'm so fascinated with that level of narcissism. Yeah. But even yeah, just he's, the fact he's that creepy. He, yeah. I, mean, I mean, all those tapes, he's just like, woo. I he mean, escaped court yeah. and jail like three times. And that shit yeah. where he would get up on his bunk bed and just jump off oh, to man. build up his leg strength. Oh, so yeah, then when right. he would go into court, he would just fucking jump 50 feet out the window, leave a footprint, and then just run into the mountains and have everybody looking like an asshole looking for him. 
ago. That was insane. And the they were like, well, we haven't found Ted Bundy 48 hours later. We have confiscated like 300 pounds of marijuana. <laughs> I read this book actually. Um, well, there was a show based on it too on Netflix called Mindhunter, and it was about the guy that ter- coined the term serial killer. I heard about that. It used to be called Such like a, a sequence killer. It was really interesting. But in the book, he talks about how he would create a profile, and he was like the most successful criminal profiler of all time. He solved like many, many serial serial killer cases. And he said he would look at the crime scene photos and he wouldn't ask to see anything else. He just wanted to look at the crime scene photos and that was it. Um, because he didn't want to know too much. It kind of would infect. Cloud his yeah, judgment. Yeah, cloud his judgment, sure. exactly. Yeah, so he would ask to see the crime scene photos and then write up a, a profile. And he's like, you know, sometimes I'd be right, sometimes I'd be wrong. But he was so into the cases and he had so many cases that he would try to look at crime scene photos right before he went to sleep and then try to dream about the case so that he could work something through in his dream yeah. and then wake up with bright more notes. So he was like a wild workaholic. And he said one of the cases he had, he wrote down uh, a character, a profile. And one of the things he wrote was the killer has a lisp, right? So he wrote on the thing, the killer has a lisp, and he's mm-hmm. saying many hands in his profile. He's like, I wasn't sure I was right, but I basically decided that he had something that he was self-conscious about you right. by the way that he did his killings. It, it was some sort of physical ailment or thing, and he and he went through all the things that it could be, and then he decided that it must be that the killer had a lisp, and he was fucking right, yeah. right? That's and then they insane. found the guy That's because awesome. because of his profile, and the guy did in fact have a lisp, and he and he wow. was like, That's and they were insane. asking him all these questions about it. He's like, it's not psychicness; it's that you get to know the mind, yeah, yeah, so much that you figure out what. And that is, that type of thing is so fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah, so specific, so detailed. It's so, so detailed. And There's an episode of Miami Vice like that where they're going after this cat burglar who breaks into these houses and leaves like gold medal flour on the wall, and then you would pull out meat out of the freezer and put some powder on that. Yeah. And Don Johnson's character goes crazy trying to catch him, but that's the whole point. He finally, spoiler alert, he finally gets to catch him because he gets into the mentality. But he has to, like, go over the brink himself and, like, work himself into, like, a crazy frenzy and almost get hospitalized and shit. That it's is bad so ass. fascinating. Yeah, Shadow in the Dark is the name of that episode. Watch it. I will definitely watch yeah. that. Yeah. I told that story because I was on the set of this, like, it was at this sketch we were doing for MTV when um, Schumer hosted the MTV Awards. And so I was on the set and uh, because I was in that sketch with her. And we were hanging out at the craft services table, just like where the snacks are and all the guys are, hang out, like the crew hangs out. And I started talking about this book. But, like, too excited because I get too into this shit. You know, like, I'm not really reading the room. And I'm like, and then the killer had a lit, right? You know, I'm going, <laughs> and everyone. But I kind of had people listening. And they were like, really? And I'm like, and they're like, and he did have a list. I'm like, yeah, and he had a fucking list. And I was like, it's the best book I've ever read. Has this ever have you has this ever happened to you guys where I declared it was the best book I'd ever read, Mine Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't remember the name. And um but I was like, This is the best book I've ever read. Like you guys have to read it. And it was like all these kind of hot guys that worked in the crew, just like my type, some guy holding some wires or something, you know, kind yeah. of vaguely emotionally unavailable with some wiring in his hands. And then <laughs> at the end of my monologue, and I was really proud of myself, one of the guys was like, So what book is it? Like, what's it called? And I couldn't remember the name. Like, have you ever had that where your whole yes. brain just shuts down? Yeah. And then he goes, well, well, who wrote it? And I talked all about the guy, how amazing he was. He's one of the most fascinating people I've ever heard of. <laughs> I've read name. everything about him. Yep. I know his whole life story. Oh, what's, well, what's his <laughs> name? Yeah. And now there's like, like maybe 20 people listening to me. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So everyone just kind of looked at me like they all kind of quietly backed off. It would have been so much better if they were just comics and they started trashing me. You know, like, yeah. like I declared it was the best book I'd ever read. And then I knew everything about this man. And then I couldn't supply them with the <laughs> name of the book or, or the, the name, name of the guy. That you knew everything about. So I just yeah. looked like a wild yeah. pathological liar. <laughs> I'm rambling. I think you got into his mindset. Uh, so anyway, we want to thank Rachel Feinstein for taking the time yeah. to have us all weekend and do this podcast. And where can they get at your social media? Uh, at Rachel Feinstein is my Twitter and Rachel Feinstein underscore is my Instagram. So either one is uh, fine or Facebook, you know, whatever. Fantastic. All right, everybody. All right, guys, we got to go. Peace.